Hello humans, welcome to The Frontline, a leadership and business podcast brought to you by Peregrine Corporate Services, an Alaman fiduciary provider. My name is Martin Hall, thanks for listening. Today we're joined by Katie Nicholson uh, of Petra Consulting and also the president of the Isle of Man Business Network. Welcome, thanks for joining us today, Katie, much appreciated. So to get a bit of background for the, for the listeners and the viewers on YouTube about yourself, perhaps you could give us a bit of background to where you grew up and your sort of schooling, schooling time. Yeah, sure. So I was born in the Isle of Man, but my parents were living in Cyprus at the time. So when I was 10 days old, I went back to live in Cyprus with the family there and then lived in Cyprus, grew up in Cyprus, had a great childhood there until I was 10 and then moved back to the island to be closer to my mum's family. So went through secondary education on the Isle of Man. Okay. And then did you end up away at uni? Yeah. So then I went to Leeds for four years and studied retail marketing and management. Um, quite a bizarre. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do when I left school. And in hindsight, I probably should have taken a gap year. But I don't know if it was just a cultural thing back then. It wasn't really the dumb thing. Um, so I went through clearing in the end because I'd done some work experience in that, the summer break and decided that marketing was you know, something that actually interested me. So went through clearing and then spent four years studying that. I've not been to uni, what's clear? So it's when you basically, um, when results day comes around and any courses that kind of have capacity in them because certain people haven't met the grades, for example, or they're not fully subscribed, they then release places. So I'd originally applied to do international relations and psychology and nutrition and all kinds of stuff. It was a bit all over the place. Um, So... I'd, I'd been to visit Leeds and I really like Leeds. So I kind of went with the city rather than the course, the course at the time. Yeah, right. And it's always hard at that age, isn't it? Picking a, uh, you know, making somewhat life decisions often, aren't they? At such a young age. Yeah, I think it's so hard to know. And I did the international baccalaureate. So I did six subjects. So it was a lot, you know, I studied a lot of different things. So it wasn't as if I was kind of destined to be a scientist and studied, you know, the three sciences at A-level, for example. Right. Um, so, but in the same sense, in hindsight, it kind of opened the opportunities up a bit more as well. And then when uni finished, did you come straight back to the island? Missed the beautiful... Yeah, so area? it was, no, I was desperate to move to London, but it was 2009, it was a recession. There were no graduate jobs really, unless I kind of wanted to work for Foxton's um, in London. They were the kind of only people hiring at the time, or there was really fiercely competitive um, graduate schemes. But it was also a bit of an understanding that um, I'd probably still be reliant on family to support me living there and with like the wages at the time. And then the Alman government started this really great scheme um, in line with Manx graduates. So they paid for me to do an MBA along with four other people, um, all of whom I'm friends with today, actually. And so I worked at PDMS, which is a local software company many people will know, um, four days a week. And then I went to the business school on the Friday and spent two years studying for the MBA there, which was great and a great opportunity. And I never thought I would have that opportunity or I don't think I felt ready to study again. But then when that was presented to me it was such a good opportunity I couldn't really turn it down and sorry I don't know what you said though what was the MBA in so it's just a general master's in business okay right okay so you then starting to feel like you had a focus on where you wanted to take your career 
Uh, no, oh, <laughs> it was great. I love the theory of it, but at the time I was working as a marketing executive, a lot of the theory that we were learning was about managing teams and strategic leadership, and it was quite difficult for me to implement that in my day-to-day -day role, um, because I was actually part of a team rather than managing a team. But what I found as as I've kind of gone on throughout my working years, that that kind of theory that I learned back then it has now started to come into play a bit more. Yeah, okay, interesting. And just the experience really, because it was four people in a class, you know, we had great teachers, it was just a great opportunity really to learn. Yeah, very, I suppose, hands-on when the groups are small, isn't it? You get to yeah. get real care, I suppose, care by, by the teacher and information out of the teacher being such a small group. Yeah, and I think it also gave me opportunity for career, like, progression along the way. Um, so I went to Paddy Power after I got my MBA and a lot of that, you know, they, the people in my team predominantly had masters or, you know, PhDs. So it was kind of a prerequisite to be able to get into that kind of team. So I never would have achieved that if I'd not had the MBA. What were you doing at Paddy Power? Um, display, digital display, mobile advertising. So. Okay essentially um or digital acquisition essentially so um hiring new you know um wait i'll start again just cut that bit <laughs> so um i was essentially onboarding new customers and trying to kind of acquire new customers so if you ever see those adverts if you ever go on john lewis and you try and buy something and then you don't complete the transaction our team were there kind of putting um adverts in place to get and get um, encourage people yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah set up a new account and so during during those years as well you did better work with victim support yeah obviously volunteer i assume I, I must i assume that was difficult at times i guess but also rewarding yeah so that came about because someone who was on the um board at the time one it was when social media was kind of stuck first becoming a thing and it, obviously for charities and small organizations it's a free platform it's a great way for them to kind of spread the word about what they're doing so i was asked to help out with that initially and then i joined the board of trustees um really to try and help with fundraising and help bring in kind of a younger demographic but also assist with the social media side of things and it was really fascinating i think that obviously it's not something that you know the isle of man is a great place and there's the incidences of like for example domestic violence everywhere but i think people don't tend to think it happens on their doorstep and actually when you get behind the scenes and you see the amazing work that they're doing and the amount of cases and victims that they are working with on a monthly basis um it's really quite incredible to see yeah no i'm sure and then that led, led into, the, and certainly where, where we first sort of crossed paths when you were working with the Bridge Angel Network. And obviously there, something I understand, well, I'll let you describe how it was, but it, or how, it, how it functioned. I think it's, it's closed now, hasn't it? So it shut down, yeah. But that, that was obviously, a, a, well, maybe you can provide a bit of background to what that network did and how you fitted in there. Yeah, so I started with Bridge in April 2016 and was there for just over three years so that was um an angel network um originally set up off the back of the enterprise development scheme um we'd seen and there was five corporate sponsors and they'd all seen things work very well in the uk with angel networks and helping like growth funds and trying to like enable the economy so um that was set up and then we worked with over i don't know hundreds after the three years of businesses and startups and individuals either on the Isle of Man or looking to relocate their business to the Isle of Man. Okay. 
So you obviously come in that scenario, you'll come across a lot of entrepreneurs or yeah. people are believing them to be entrepreneurs, uh, depending yeah, on the business sorts, model. All sorts of people. Um, it was really interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think the, like, the most interesting part was actually just seeing everyone's different personalities and what kind of drove different people to do different things and the rationale behind things and that perseverance, I guess. Um, did you find, find perhaps in that entrepreneur space did you find, did you often see sort of common traits between between entrepreneurs coming to you i presume obviously passion is ultimately always one thing but certain other traits that might you know you might have seen yeah so i'd say resilience would definitely be one um a lot of the people we were seeing were really um kind of on that fundraising round where they were really knocking on all the doors and they were going out and pitching at events all over the uk and you know reaching out to their networks trying to kind of leverage other people's networks to really help them get that that funding that funding round closed to enable them to move to the next step of their journey which at times can be very frustrating because you know loads of different things come into it like legal work and things that can slow the process down and then that has an impact on the business and they're obviously a lot of the time on their own and they're wearing 10 different hats so if they're focusing on raising cash it becomes difficult to do the day-to-day of like moving the business along and did you often see i guess at times they become if you're coming into looking at cases from a sort of cold angle of being brought into it sometimes you can kind of see glaring problems if that's the right term i presume that was maybe quite common because because i guess certainly certain some entrepreneurs they're so focused on on the idea they're kind of they're blinkered really and, and kind of the vision's not too wide. I assume again, part of that role is to try and get them to help to widen that vision if they were yeah. a bit blinkered. Yes, um, so a lot of what we did and myself and the board, for example, and a couple of the people that worked with us as mentors was to really get the people to talk through those ideas, explain the rationale, explain why they thought it would work in a certain way. And if it wasn't something that was kind of, you know trying not to steer them in a certain direction but try and get them to see things in a different way to make them kind of see the bigger picture sometimes and out of the back of that i don't know whether it was ever a confidential thing is the is the success stories out of the out of yeah it's come yeah so we had quite a few um investments our our kind of ratio um i can't remember it now off the top of my head but it was higher than the uk originally i think it was only i think one percent of startups in the uk get funded and I think ours was sitting at about 10, 10%. Oh, but, okay. you know, it's been a year, so I'm not sure exactly yeah, yeah. my head. But yeah, we've got some of them are still going today. Yeah. Um, obviously hit challenging times now due to um, COVID-19. So it's kind of, it's, it's quite heart-wrenching when you see, you know, how well people have done. And then to get to this point where clearly everyone's affected, but obviously sometimes startups um, with not much working capital are in a bit more of a vulnerable position. Yeah, of course. And just to go back to the entrepreneur point, you kind of touched on it there, maybe around that, having that blinkered vision. But did you, did you see common mistakes or common errors by entrepreneurs that, that, that would crop up from time to time? Was it just the fact they were often just so focused on the product that they weren't looking at the wider side or I think it was different I think it's different because I think some people it's not necessarily a negative to be so focused because they were so passionate about it and sometimes those people are the people that really get it across the line because they can see something that other people might may not necessarily you know actually see so that's the kind of genius in the whole thing um but others it was just trying to kind of 
you know, give the support that was needed, um, especially individual founders. Sometimes they just don't have that person to bounce their ideas off and to actually, you can get so caught up in your own head thinking the same thing that it's, it becomes quite challenging. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that for, for the listeners, that's a bit of background to yourself. I suppose just outside of work, what do you, what do you enjoy doing? Just to switch subjects completely. Uh, socialising, um, okay. which I'm missing at the moment. Um, I also really enjoy playing hockey. So I play for Castown Hockey Club, mixed hockey and ladies hockey. Okay. So we were just reaching the end of the season. Um, we had one game to play, which sadly got cancelled mm-hmm. at the end of March. So has the season just been ended? Just... Yeah, so we had one game to play. I don't know, depending on how things go, whether they'll you know, finish the rest of the league. And I think we had a play game as well to play. Um, so I think... It would be nice to be able to play it before the end of summer. But we'll yeah. see what and the socialising side, is that now just down to house party, Zoom and WhatsApp? Zoom, yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about house party. There's all this kind of controversy about the hacking and that kind of yeah. thing. So yeah. trying to stick to Zoom and FaceTime. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So looking at present day, obviously you mentioned earlier and you just mentioned about the, the virus that's going on. We're kind of all in lockdown. For yourself at the moment, got, got a few different roles going on. Uh, maybe we'll start with Petra Consulting. Maybe talk a little bit about what you do there and what, what you're looking to do as well in the future. So Petra came about last summer when I decided that it was kind of a change, um, time for a change after Bridge, bridge and um, decided to kind of take some time out really to just see what I actually wanted to do and see, to try. I, I kind of got to a point of kind of pretty much burnt burnout. I was doing way too much and I just kind of thought, right, I'm going to take a couple of months to sit back and reassess what I want to do. And then a couple of opportunities came about, which led to me setting up Petra as my own kind of company, which would enable me to do those projects. Um, So it's been really interesting. The years like flown by, um, had, you know, the opportunity to work with some large corporates, um, the government and also some smaller startup businesses as well. So it's been really great to have that variety. Now, how do you find that? Now, obviously now with what's going on, every company's sort of taking a step back and a breathing and going kind of what you consider maybe back to basics of just, just functioning for certainly a, a period of time. Certainly, I guess, when you're consulting with, with people, naturally the first people they look at, are, you know, keeping costs down, et cetera. I assume that ultimately has an impact at this moment in time on yourself. Yeah, so it has impacted me. So I was doing five days a week um, across various clients before this happened. I've actually gone down to zero hours now. Right. Um, so obviously you get it to is... talk to big... me. Pardon? You get to talk to me though. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, um, it's actually quite weird because... I think before, when you kind of start out on your own, you don't want to say no to anything and you say yes to everything. And before, I, like, I didn't have really a set plan of like, this is what my ideal client would look like. I just, enjoy, I've always enjoyed working with big teams and I've also enjoyed working with smaller teams. So to have that variety was really great for me. And I think that now that that work has kind of gone, because like you say, consultants, which is completely understandable. Like if I was running a business, it would be the same. And everyone is kind of doing what they can to protect their businesses at the moment. Um, So actually, it's really given me some time again to kind of have a stop, have a bit of a breather. For example, I did the micro business course in October. I never got to write the business plan and actually apply for any of the grant assistance because I was too busy just with clients. So actually now it gives me the opportunity to set up a website and do all the things yeah. that I never actually did back yeah. then. No, it makes sense. And in fairness, I think 
hopefully it's a fairly short period of time of, of lockdown. I think certainly Peregrine is something I imagine a lot of firms are doing is, yeah, you sort of take a step back and take, and take a breath of what's going on, but you have to kind of plan of what will it look like in three, six, nine, 12 months and then get on the front foot, which again to me is, you know, not, not sitting back in your shell, but going out, hiring consultants, working with people to, to develop and, and find those opportunities. Even if the world didn't change in the lockdown for a year, you, know, feelings, you still need to think about that. And how would your business look in a year? If it was like that, would your business be around or how would you need to adapt it? So I'm sure, I'm sure many opportunities will come very short term. I think it's just that immediate knee-jerk reaction of everyone of kind of just yeah. taking a step back and taking an intake of work. So you also work with their work within startup and founder, their founded, sorry. A uh, bit, bit of background to those and how those work. So Startup Grind is um, actually a global network of entrepreneurs. So there's, um, it's the world's largest network of entrepreneurs. So it was started by um, a guy called Derek Anderson in San Francisco. And um, he decided to, you know, bring entrepreneurs and startups together. And then it kind of grew into this thing where he decided to grow it outwards um, across the world. So there's a 600 chapters in 125 countries. Um, and it's just really a fantastic network. Um, so myself and Alex Wilson, who's one of the co-founders of Founded, along with John Garland, we actually went to the San Francisco Global Startup Global Conference in February. It seems ages ago now, but it was 10 years and it was just incredible to see. They had amazing speakers, um, you know, companies pitching. It was a two day global summit and then we had a director's summit for two days after that and just being part of that community and the values that startup grind have so they're very much focused around helping others making friends not contacts and giving back and it sounds it's quite american you know it's the american way of doing things you know they are very friendly and approachable all the time but i think that just being especially now actually at this time they've um so all their their business model is running events. So we would run events through the Alaman chapter here and they would take a commission of the sales that we sell. So obviously their business is completely kind of dried up overnight from all those people all over the world running events. So they pivoted really quickly and they built an online platform. So now they're delivering virtual events, um, yeah. which is actually really good because we got to go to America, meet all these people, meet all these other chapter directors. And now we can actually attend their events because, you know, I did one last week, which was run by the Boston chapter and it was 11 p.m. at night. But I could just log on and do it, whereas yeah. previously you wouldn't have that exposure to be able to go and attend those. So it's really interesting and something that we're looking to do for the Alaman chapter as well. It's interesting how they adapt quickly. Going back to our first episode with David Bell, similar kind of model of yeah. getting a room travel. Uh, being a herd and all the three things you now can't do and how quickly you have to pivot your business but you know it's, it's good yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's, uh, how you adapt quickly and what about founded so founded is um an, a new business that's set up with alex and john a lot of the stuff that we'll be doing will be similar to what um bridge was doing previously um but kind of on a more independent basis working with some partners in the uk to bring, for example, um, potential startups to the island that are looking for funding and vice versa. Um, and also, so we'll be running the Startup Guide events through Founded, but we'll also be looking to do some business consultancy and more of that kind of supporting early stage businesses okay. on the mentoring side and also marketing, business, finance, that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. 
And we, I mean, we touched on earlier about sort of tips for as, aspiring entrepreneurs. Have you got any that kind of that jump out from your past experience? You mentioned resilience there. Is that something, you know, if, if an entrepreneur out there, entrepreneur out there, one of the things they need to, you know, is be persistent and keep pushing and... Yeah, so I think that I'd say one of the books I've just finished reading um, is called How to Fail by Elizabeth Day. And it's not necessarily a work-focused book. It looks at various aspects of your life. So, of course, work is a big part of it. But, um, you know, relationships, parenting, all sorts of stuff. And it's all about everything, like the tagline of it is everything I've learned from things going wrong. But it kind of does it in a positive spin. And it's all about, I do think that it sounds cliche, but it's not until you kind of go through certain experiences that you and you come out the other side that you actually sometimes see the positives from it. But a lot of the time, for example, say an entrepreneur gets knocked back by an investor you know it's at the time it might be devastating if you've got your hopes up and you're really excited to move the business forward but then down the line you know it might come to light that you know that wasn't going to be a great relationship and you might have butted heads too much and ended up falling out and it would have actually been too stressful and kind of um detrimental to actually you know partner with that person so there's quite a few different examples of, of that kind of thing okay well i'll jump forward a bit because i kind of always ask people we chat to about books they read. Have you got any other recommendations? Um, I quite like Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg, which is, okay. so she's the CEO of Facebook and hers is all about, um, it's quite female orientated, but quite a good read for men as well. And it's about the challenges women are faced in the workplace. And, um, you know, her tagline is, you know, lean in, sit at the table. If you're not at the table, you can't, you can't voice your opinion. Um, and the other one is The Lean Startup by Eric Diaz, uh, no, Reese, I think, R-I-E-S. Um, and that's, I've got it here, actually. And um, that's about how constant innovation creates radically successful businesses. And it's all about iterating okay. and obviously running a business, you know, through that lean methodology. We'll add some of the uh, some elbows to off, put some links to our, our footer notes that people would want to look up and have a look up. Uh, so two more quick questions, if that's yeah. okay. The, uh, you're president of the Isle of Man Business Network. So you've obviously been involved in, in for some period of time in that. How's that? How's that experience? Yeah, so I think about four and a half, five years nearly now. Um, that really came about when I was at Paddy Power and I was doing a lot of work off-island. I really wanted to try and kind of reintegrate and be involved in the local business community and um, went to, you know, meet the committee at the time and it was great and I found I've met some great friends through it and actually really like growing my business network obviously that is the point of it but in more in more of a kind of um friendship way and quite a real like um what's the word like just really genuine genuine yeah. people and so it's been great so um I finished I was originally doing the communications and then went to vice chair chairman and president and so I'll be handing over the baton at the end of this month and will um, you continue to stay involved yeah i'll stay on the committee i think especially now that working on my own being part of you know the group like startup grind or the business network it's great to have because it gives you that team element whilst yeah. working for yourself and i really kind of i really think that the events they run bring a lot of value and i'm not just saying that but it's great to see the same people attending and then they get to then you get you observe them meeting new people and becoming more confident as they kind of go through their careers you know some of the people younger than me 
um, and it's really great to see that. Yeah, okay. And then finally, people want to reach out to you. What's the best way for folks to reach out to you? So Katie Nicholson on LinkedIn or my email is katie at katienicholson.co.uk. Okay, great. Thanks, appreciate your time coming on no today. Problem. It's much appreciated. Thank you. And it's been good. Good to chat. And thank you to our, to our listeners once again for listening. We'll uh, be back soon. Thank you.